Hi, everyone. Welcome to Critique a Killer. I'm one of your hosts, Kimberlea, and I'm joined with my co-host, Courtney. This show is all about true crime and murder mysteries. We dive into topics that relate to both solved and unsolved murders and critique the killers, whether that's their mindset, their mental health, or other circumstances surrounding their crimes. We mean no disrespect to the victim, family and friends of the victim, or anyone involved in this case. This is just information and details we've gathered over the internet on a case we care about and want to see justice in the end. Also, this is a true crime podcast and includes information about murders. Listener discretion is advised. And lastly, if anyone has information on this case, please contact the Houston Police Department Homicide Division at 713-308-308. That's definitely true. If you guys have any information, this is an ongoing investigation and unsolved murder. So if you do have any information, that is so appreciated. Um, I know her family really wants justice. I know her friends do too. We do. A lot of people just want to see this case solved. And that's really why we're focusing on this. We're going to be wrapping up this series probably in the next two podcast episodes. So today it's going to be more of a casual episode. We're going to dive into some nuances that we found in this case. And we will start out with talking about Saturday, which was the official day that her friends and family realized and made a report of Alexis being missing. So I want to start out with that. So I was going to start out with Saturday at 12.30 p.m. And I wanted to start out with Tanya. On Saturday, Tanya actually called Chelsea. And for those who have been listening to our podcast episodes, these are Alexis's really close friends that lived in Houston, Texas. Chelsea calls Tanya and says, have you heard from Alexis? Tanya says no. Tanya made the note that she would have been the first person to text right away because that day, all of the girls had made plans to have a movie day. It was raining, they were all gonna get together. And since Alexis was one of those people who always read her text messages immediately and got back to you right away, it was very odd for her not to have said something that morning. So of course, Tanya says no. They all get a little bit concerned at that point. And Chelsea admits to Tanya that the night before, Tom, Tom Sharkey, Alexis's husband, had called Chelsea's boyfriend, John. And she thought it was really weird that he said he couldn't find Alexis and that Alexis wasn't texting back or calling him. And now she's not responding to anyone. Tanya sees that Alexis actually hadn't been active for 12 hours. And that was really unusual for Alexis because I'm using air quotes, but she was a influencer. Really, she was just a, you know, very active uh, social media user who happened to use social media for selling products. So she was always on there talking about sales, talking about hair care, beauty, skin care, et cetera. And she always said on the top of her bio, it's still there, Alexis Sharkey, if you want to go look yourself, it says always on my stories. So she was always there and she wasn't. And if you're not familiar with being active on Instagram, there is a option, I have mine turned off, where you can see when someone was active last, meaning if they were swiping, if they were logged into the app doing anything. It doesn't mean that they were posting. It will tell you. So her friends started becoming concerned when she wasn't, you know, active for 12 hours. I mean, that's very telling. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially for someone like her. If I don't get on Instagram for days, but 
you know, someone that's on there all day, every day, I guess 12 hours, it's like a lifetime. Yeah, it really is. I, I, I'm sure people notice, especially your friends, if you guys DM back and forth or liking each other's photos or just, I don't know, being there mm-hmm. and, and her not posting on her stories at all. We know Black Friday was the day before. At that point, Tanya, she lives the closest to Alexis. So she says, listen, I'm going to take a shower. I'm going to go over her apartment. Again, this is around noon, you know, 1230 in the afternoon. And then she goes to pick up a friend, Desiree, who also lived like in the vicinity. So they were both kind of the closest friends. And they made the plan to go to Alexis's apartment and see if she was there. Because you haven't heard from your friend. You can't get in touch with her. Her fiance says that she's not reachable. She hasn't been on social media. So they decide, let's just go check. Something that I wanted to point out, though, is a couple of things. When they got to Alexis's apartment complex, if you've been listening to our other episodes, there was a parking garage attached to her apartment complex. Something that I've not been able to figure out, and I know I said I was going to call and I just haven't gotten around to it, but I've been racking my brain to figure out, can anyone go into this garage? Is it just for residents? Is it for residents and guests? Is there a gate you have to go through before you get in the parking garage? And if if it's for anyone, is there entry into the building via the garage? Because if so, I want to know that. I want to understand. However, we know that they're inner corridors. So this is not an outwardly facing apartment complex, meaning I'm guessing you have to have a code or a key fob to get inside. So that makes me ask you, Courtney, my question is, how did Desiree get inside the corridor of the apartment complex? Well, I assume that it was either unlocked, you know, there's no lock, she can just walk in, or she knew the code, if there was a code. It's got to be one of those, because she wouldn't have a key, and I I just don't think that it's that locked down. You know, it's not like it's a dorm or a hotel, more come and go. I don't know. To me, I, I bet she just walked in. Are you not really? thinking that? Yeah. I don't know, because one of the questions or nuances or odd things or peculiar things is that Tanya was closer to 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 Alexis. Desiree doesn't really make such a bold appearance in Alexis's life, as far as I'm concerned with social media, that Tanya does. So if anything, what I think is interesting is, okay, so they got into the garage and they sat there trying to figure out what they were going to do next. And then for whatever reason, that's beyond my understanding, Tanya stays in the car, but Desiree decides to go up to Alexis's door. So I'm just sitting here thinking, if I was close friends with you and we drove over to see if you were okay, I would not sit in my car. Yeah, okay, so I initially didn't think it was weird because I thought they were just pulling up to the building and Desiree got out and knocked on the door. So I didn't know until like last week that it was an indoor entrance. So now it's really bizarre that she didn't go in. So I'm thinking, you know, probably at that point, they're not thinking the worst. They're not thinking that she's hurt or dead, you know. So maybe it was just more nonchalant. She's like, yeah, I'll go knock on her door. And, you know, they're thinking Alexis just will just come to the door and be fine. And another thing I thought is maybe Tanya didn't get along with Tom. And she's like, I'm not going up there. I don't want to see Tom. True. I didn't think of that. Well, one of the theories that's not mine, but this is a theory from online. People were like, does Tanya not want to be in the doorbell camera? Because we know she had a ring doorbell camera. So I was like, I don't think that that's really what it was. But 
there have been theories. Why wouldn't she want to be seen on it? Because people think that there's some sketchiness within her friend group. I don't know if I agree with that, don't agree with that. Something that people had said, like, oh, maybe she didn't want to get captured on the doorbell camera. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Which doesn't make sense because if you were guilty, you would want to be on the camera because you're like, oh, no, on Saturday, I went to go look for my friend. Yeah. But Desiree yeah. goes to the door. Tanya waits. And yes, I do think it's weird now because Tanya waits in the garage. She's in the parking garage. Why are you in the parking garage? I first thought, okay, maybe it's because she thinks she's going to see Alexis. You know, some people are like, oh, I don't want to leave the house because what if she comes home? I just was assuming maybe she's like, let's one of us stay in the car. But that kind of doesn't make sense because there's levels. There's like multiple levels. Unless they found Alexis's Jeep, which they didn't mention, they would have said, oh, we parked right next to her Jeep and we waited. Oh, maybe she had a specific parking parking spot and they just parked close to that. And she's like, I'll stay here in, in case Alexis pulls up. But they still would have passed her on the way. They never back. explain why one of them stays in the car. I guess it's not even a big deal. So I'll move on from it. But <laughs> I just I don't know if if you were there. When did you walk to my door? Like, when did you want to know for yourself? Uh, yeah. And and especially if you are feeling like something's a little off, wouldn't you rather be with, with someone, with a friend? I'd want to go together. I'd be like, you better come with me. Come on. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. But, you know, Desiree goes by herself. She supposedly rings the doorbell and nobody answers. So she goes back to the car and then they sit there calling Lexus. So now Tanya and Desiree back at the car, back in the parking garage, calling Lexus. And they obviously cannot get a hold of her. So then Desiree goes back a second time. And I'm sitting here thinking, so this was just going back to the car, calling Lexus a few times, and then making her way back into the apartment building and knocking on the door. And this time, she yells that she's going to have the police do a wellness check. So she's like, Lexus, I'm going to have the police do a wellness check. And nobody answers. I don't know if that would have like scared someone or if she was just letting her know, like, hey, if you're on the floor, we're going to, you know, have a wellness check done. But that doesn't happen. Instead, Alexis isn't there. And then Desiree and Tanya go back or, you know, Desiree goes back and they sit in the car for not 20 minutes, not an hour, but three hours. Oh, my God. I can't get over that. Three hours. Do you think that that's an exaggeration or? No. You think they really sat there? What I mean, think of how long three hours is to just be. What would you do for three hours? I do think it's weird because I, I have two thoughts. First, I was like, well, they didn't want to leave because they were scared they might see Alexis. So they're like, well, we cannot leave. And then they were like, well, we have to call people. So why not just stay here and do all the calling? Because we obviously can do that from the car. We call the friends, call the family, call, you know, whoever we can. I don't know why in the world it would take three hours though. Yeah. that It's mind blowing. Three hours. I just feel like they could be out driving around going to her favorite spots or I don't know. So Tom was not there either, correct? Or they don't know if Tom was in there. The timeline is interesting with Tom the same day because they're in the car for three hours. And apparently maybe one of the reasons is because they mention, oh, well, it takes 24 hours to make a police report that someone's missing. And I tried doing the timeline and I was like, okay, imagine they get there a little bit before two and they go to the door and they do this and they do that. And that's like 30 minutes, an hour later. If you count three hours, it would be close to 6 p.m. So maybe they were just waiting till 6 p.m. to say, you know what? Um, that's the last time we heard from our friend. 
but they actually decide to go to the front office. And she said that anyone could come and go in this um, leasing office. So they talked to the front desk and they said, you know, when was the last time you saw Tom? Now, I think this is really weird because why, if I was working at this front office, I wouldn't be just giving information about my residence. I wouldn't be like, yeah, um, Tom Sharkey came and gone at this time. But they said it was really important. And they asked, when's the last time they saw Tom? And at this point, they call the cops. Okay, while they're still there. Yep, while they're in the leasing office. So they make a missing persons report. And the thing is, unbeknownst to everybody like connected with this, a body had already been found at eight o'clock that morning. You know, everyone's on a different timeline. Everyone's not aware. They're not connected. They don't know what's going on. So I'm kind of a little bit confused on the Tom timeline, but I know that the police showed up within 20 minutes. Tanya starts asking about cameras. Where are the cameras on the building? And the apartment complex explains that the cameras that were supposedly pointing towards anywhere Alexis would have been seen were not working. Of course. The back door to their apartment, like we've talked about before, was a patio door. It was a sliding glass door. And then you could go out to a railing, like, you know, one of those railings, like a guardrail kind of thing. And that was going out to the pool. So you could jump over technically the railing to come in and out of their patio. And those were the cameras that were not working. Did they go check the, the sliding door? Did they ever say if they went around to the back door? Okay, so I've heard a couple of things on that. I'm glad you brought it up. Some reports have said that they went around the back and they looked through the window and some some people say that Tom was in the apartment. I <laughs> cannot confirm that or deny that. I do not know. But from what I've seen, Tanya has never said that that happened. So I'm just going to say no. The thing that's interesting is that at this point in time, when the police are at the front desk, Tom shows up at the front desk. So he walks into the leasing office while they're filing the report with the police. And then the police and Tom, and I don't know like what happened here. I don't know if the police were given Tom's number. I have no idea how Tom ends up in the leasing office. That was just coincidence. I have no idea. But the police do a quote, a little check in her apartment and saw nothing out of the ordinary. Did the police already know that Alexis was found or they hadn't been hooked up with a coroner yet to put two and two together? At this point, they had not been aware of the connection, but they, Tom had already been in contact with a bunch of different people. He was already talking to and looking for and talking to the um, phone company and also doing his own searching. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. Tell me what you think about this statement. An interesting statement made by the police officers were, oh, well, you guys are women and you tend to overreact. So I don't think that the abuse was as bad as you say it is. Because, of course, I think they were kind of going into detail about, you know, she told her friends that she was getting a divorce or like it was abusive. And the cops actually, according to Tanya, say that they could be overreacting. I just cannot picture a police officer saying that. Can you? I can't. I don't know. Unless he knew Tanya and knew who she was and she, like, you know, that maybe she was drama or overreactor or something. I just, I can't see somebody not taking it serious. Yeah. But the other thing I think is odd is how do you do a little check and say, oh, well, there's nothing out of the ordinary. Like, what would you find? Yeah, maybe they're just checking for a body and if they see bloods, but blood spatter, you know? 
True, true, true. Because then I guess they're thinking, is there a struggle? Does it look like there's rope or are we seeing anything that looks like there's a a dresser knocked over? Right. Yeah, I think that's just a quick, a quick walkthrough. I mean, they're not down there with luminol and stuff, but it just probably looked like she walked out. Also, I had a couple little text messages and things like that. So um, this was something that happened within the first few days of everything, because at this point, guys, we ultimately find out the sad news. And that is that they did find her body and they made that connection. And it was sad because like, you know, her family and friends, they were putting out little posts about like, please, please find Alexis. Um, Actually, I have a quote here. There was a post by Alexis's mom and it says, please share this post. My daughter, Alexis Sharkey is missing. No one has heard from her for over 24 hours and the police are involved. She lived in Houston, Texas in January and that was where she was last seen. Please help us find her and bring her home safely. We are so very desperate. Please share. And this was on November 28th. Did they find out that night or not till Sunday morning? Somebody DM Tom. And in the beginning, we didn't talk about this a lot, but Tom was like pretty vocal. He said some kind of weird and questionable things. Mm-hmm. Now he's so quiet. I don't know if I definitely believe they're that weird, considering the fact that, you know, he's going through this as well. And I always say this, but maybe people will take it the wrong way. But I always say, even if you were the killer, you killed someone you love. You, you know, I know that people can be cold hearted, but this is a man who loved his wife. Like, mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Tom goes on and takes to social media on his Facebook page, on his Instagram, and he writes, I just want to say this, exclamation point. While some of you were posting on social media helping us locate my world, while some of you were posting, I'm sorry, his his grammar is really bad. While some of you were posting on social media helping us locate my world, exclamation point, and we appreciate all your help, love, and support, exclamation point. Others were wasting with the spelling of a waste of your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Time talking about other things, basically crap talk. And if my wife would have would would have would have seen this, she would be disappointed in your actions. Exclamation point. You should all be ashamed of yourselves. Exclamation point. I have been assisting the deputies in making phone calls to find out, find F I N E out <laughs> what happened to my wife. I'm sorry. I know this is a murder, but it's like really next time dot 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 stop and think exclamation point and realize exclamation point you don't know it all exclamation point (laughs) this was not taken well yeah people ripped him but you i mean you just can't imagine how you know i've lost somebody very very tragically as you know my mom yeah and right then that day you know right in those moments right when it happens you cannot explain your thought process it is so irrational and just you know you're thinking a million thoughts at once so I don't blame him at all you know he was upset and think if he didn't do it and all these people are saying oh we know her husband did it they they did that from the minute she was missing before they even found her body Everyone was like, oh, the husband did it, you know? He was not thinking clearly and lashing out. And I think it's under- understandable. I do, too. I, I know that even the friends were really upset. And, and you know, they were really pointing the finger at Tom right away. And mm-hmm. there's been speculation on why that is. 
there's been some talk from Tanya and others that Tom really didn't like this group of friends. And I do have a statement that was via DM. Someone wrote to him. I do not know who this was. I have both parts of the conversation and I will make sure to differentiate which ones I'm talking about. But someone reached out to Tom and said, dude, we are all going on the, he said, dude, we are all going on the effing article ran by ABC. F all of that. Are you threatening me? So he doesn't show what Tom said in the beginning, but what he's basically saying is that all the information that he's sharing in the Facebook group is via what the article ran by ABC is talking about. So apparently when this person posted something on Facebook, Tom got pissed. The conversation's cut off at the, at the beginning. It only shows where this guy starts yelling at Tom. Tom respond, responds, think about this. She is my world, no doubt my everything. I have been up since Friday calling and tracking everything I can. I work out of town. In the last four months, I've only been here in Houston for 18 days and my world has been altered. This was after she was found or after yeah. it was announced? Okay. And then the other person in the conversation says, again, dude, if you are innocent, I'm truly sorry, but do you know what her friends are saying? Oh, his response. Are they really friends? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. My wife did not have the issues she has had since we moved to Houston. So how long do you need to know a person before they are good friends? You know, and I hate to blame her downfall, Alexis's downfall on her friends, but truly you are who you hang out with. And if they were a bad influence and, you know, did things that she didn't do before she moved there, then I can totally see his frustration. Like we've said before, that they seemed like they had a really good relationship before she moved there. We have a caller. This is a really, really good, I read it. So this is a really, really good point. I want to go ahead and play it for you. Those girls are not her friends. Those girls were her co-workers. And those MLMs, those are dangerous. I think that's what they're called, right? The Motel of Marketing bad news bears. There are a lot of speculations about how good these friends were. I will say she had a group that was half the MLM friends and like half her Bumble BFF friends. So either way, whether it's the multi-level marketing side or the Bumble BFF side, I think it's safe to say that they were not BFFs. I, I really yeah. don't think it was like a very, very strong bond between these women. I think for the most part, either they were friends with her because they were business partners or they were friends because they like to have fun. And basically, like in the grand scheme of things, if this was just a regular every day, it's like, who cares who your friends are? But like, I wouldn't care, Courtney, so much if like <laughs> you hadn't been murdered. I wouldn't be like <laughs> dictating, oh, is that an MLM friend or is that a coworker or why are you friends with them? But considering we know what happened, it is not a surprise that a lot of people, including Tom, are questioning the bonds. Because we know from um, a YouTube episode, which I don't know if anyone caught, but I did go into depth about the fact that I found her Bumble BFF profile. It's back from like 2018, so it's authentic. And it really does show her intention of being on Bumble BFF was not just to meet friends. She talked about money. She talked about people joining her team. She was going on Bumble BFF to find business associates. And, you know, whatever. Some people can think that's shameful. Other people say no shame in that game. I think it's tacky. That's just my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I would never do it, but to each their own. But I agree. I agree. I agree that these 
possibly weren't the best friends. And then the person responded once more, but he cut off his response. So all I can see is him saying, my issues, I guess you mean drugs. And if she did OD, that sucks. Because I don't think we've ever gotten a toxicology, have we? Nope, not yet. Oh, Missy has one more thing to say. And if you want to keep going, Missy, you love it. So let's hear this statement as well. What does that say about Alexis as well? That the only kind of friends she could make are people that she worked with or people that she did business with. Because I think that's unusual because she's a young girl. I mean, it's not hard to make friends when you're at her age group. So I can't understand why the only people that she wanted to hang out with or that wanted to hang out with her, I should say, are people that she used for sales. I think that's unusual. Yeah, I think her, that younger generation is kind of friends with whoever they can get stuff out of. I don't think the connections are near as deep. And it's not like I'm that much older. I'm, I'm 10 years older. But times have changed, especially with social media. And I was in an MLM. And the way you view people is totally different when you're in it. And I'm sure it's not everybody, but you're like, oh, I wonder if I could get that person to sign up or I wonder if that person would buy product. And it's just, it's the way your mind gets warped into thinking. It's like a blessing and a curse to be on social media these days. And I think for her specifically, her husband even said, you're 100% social media. That was a statement he made via DM. I don't think that that was a play on words. Like he was being serious. He was like, you're 100% social media. And it was causing a rift in their relationship. And I think when you are so laser focused, you lose the forest for the trees. You know what I mean? Like you forget you're supposed to be working towards the future with your, with your husband, with your family. And you get caught up in this grind and everybody wants to show yachts and everybody wants to show chains and necklace, you know, like they, they, they Gucci belts and all this stuff. And it really, when it comes down to it, I'm also 10 years older. So I agree. I think that she could have easily gone out and made friends without like Bumble BFF and whatnot and, and not had these friends that are just in MLMs. But I will say it's it's so interesting that Missy said that because I tend to find that they do kind of come together in this little cl click of people. Have you noticed that in MLMs, they like come together? Yeah. Oh, yeah. While they're in it. It's interesting because they kind of just swarm around each other and they become this little network. And it's almost as though you've got the insiders and the outsiders and the outsiders don't really understand your life. You know, they don't understand those specific MLM bonds. But an example of another message, and I know that you said, Courtney, that Seb, that this wasn't um, a post that he made that was what he shared. Remember that whole thing? It was like, oh, yeah, he yeah. Did a story post. And you said, and I said, yeah, it was really weird. He, he put like, I love you on there. And you were like, no, 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 that wasn't, that wasn't his. He like reposted he it. He took a screenshot. Yeah. And shared someone else's, one of her friends had said that stuff and he just shared oh. it. Okay. Cause I thought it was really weird. Cause I was looking at it and I have it on my screen and it like genuinely looks like he wrote the text. Cause I, I know when I screenshot something, I guess maybe did he crop it? Because it's weird. The overlay text is on top of the post. It says, I swear with every bone in my body that we will find justice for what happened to you. My sweet, loving Alexis, I love you. But if it was copied by somebody else, obviously, uh, then it doesn't matter. Uh, Missy has some other things to say. And I like I like getting these other points of view because, you know, it's just Courtney and I. And we're going back <laughs> and forth for best friends and we have our own theories. But let's just hear a couple more. I yeah. love it. Yeah, me too. 
there are people that have done like analysis of what happened to Alexis Sharkey and her husband is painted as a bad guy and a lot of this stuff, for example, when Kendall Ray did her uh, synopsis on the YouTube channel that she's got, um, it kind of like wants to paint the husband in a bad light. And at the end of the day, when women get murdered, the first person they always look at is the husband. But for her and her situation, when you look at her pictures, when you look at her posts, when you look at the way she portrayed herself, when you look at her close relationships with her friends or whatever, I don't think they were that close, like you guys said, good point. Um, she just seems like she's not even all there. Like there's something missing uh, that other people tend to have. Like there's no compassion. There's no empathy. It's just look at me, look at me, look at me. She seems like a narcissist. And what she could have been doing, we don't know, but I, I think it might have been a stalker or it might have been somebody who found her online that came after her because her pictures were really sexy for someone who's married. Just my opinion. Mm. Kimber oh has said God. that so much. <laughs> so she, Missy is like our other best friend because yeah. <laughs> we talk about a stalker all the time because I've never looked at it the way you just did in that, because Courtney's my witness, in that I've never thought to myself, wow, she dresses really sexy for being married. Oh my God, that did not cross my mind. Mine, mine um, either. It's true though. Right. <gasps> because if you think about it, if you go look at her Instagram right now, of course, there are pictures of Tom and her. But if you really look, Missy's right. Like, if you look at it, it looks more like her, 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 which is maybe for her MLM or maybe for her Instagram-ish, you know, spotlight kind of thing. But I have been saying the stalker thing for, like, forever ago just because of the hashtags. And, like, it's so easy if someone's coming through. And it was a holiday weekend. And I truly think it was so easy to track her down. And I think that it's so tempting. I mean, she's a gorgeous woman and she does give off this air about her that is very, I don't know how, I don't know what I use the word to describe her, but what do you think about that? Yeah, she's kind of like exotic. I don't know what the word is either, but yeah, she's beautiful. She always looks perfect. And I think that just goes along with the whole selling the dream, selling this lifestyle that I'm always on fleek and I'm out doing fun things, but I totally think that it could have been what lured somebody in. You, you have no idea who's looking at your profile if it's public. I have one more uh, message from Missy. Let's hear this. Also, when someone murders your wife, how are you supposed to act? Because I lost my brother a couple years ago, and I went through some weird stuff. Grief affects people in strange ways. So when the husband does weird stuff when their wife gets murdered, I don't know what you expect them to do. It's weird. Mm. It sucks. It's difficult. It's painful. You don't know how to act when someone get when someone gets murdered, especially. So that is so true. I have not. I'm so sorry about your brother, and I, I I can't feel that pain specifically. But I've obviously lost grandparents and things like that. It's not as close, so I can't even imagine. I really can't. I try to, and I don't want to think about it. Having somebody that close to me in a tragic way just ripped out of your life, Courtney. You said the same thing. Having something tragic happen to you. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't think clearly at all. And I think no matter how he acted, what he said, what he did, it was going to get scrutinized. It's like people, oh, the husband or boyfriend can never win. Everything's weird. Everything's off. Everything's wrong. Yeah. Because they're the first person, you know, that people look at it. Like, okay, he was the closest. He was the last one that said that he saw her. It's got to be some connection, but he's not arrested yet. We know that Barry Morphew just got arrested a year later when in his case of his wife going missing. And that's a whole different case. But it's it's similar in that we're just saying 
it's a could be like it's it could be Tom but from the beginning I've always been kind of like team someone else (laughs) yeah you have I know and and I don't know if it's just my tendency to kind of I don't know. I'm not going to say feel sorry. So please don't think that. But it's almost like I want to analyze this a little bit deeper. I don't just want to jump with the first the first thing that people say. But I do have a couple other things to mention because I think it's important. So that so I think it was a day after they found her. I could be wrong on the exact date. It was within a couple of days. There was a message sent to Stacy, who is Alexis's mom. And this was public on her comments about there is one business on the road where Alexis was found. And it's called Gentry Kelly. It's a hair salon. With that being said, Gentry Kelly is also a woman, by the way. She owns her salon. And she went ahead and put a comment. She said, hi there. I just inboxed you. You don't know me, but this message is very important. So I don't know if you saw that in that Facebook group. Yeah, I remember you had showed it to me right when she sent it. We were wondering, it was, was it about the footage from the camera? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this goes nowhere publicly. Not that it's not something really important in the case. It's just that publicly we don't know what was on that tape. And I've looked at the camera and I can see where it's pointing. And it is one of those round ones. So you've got to think, okay, it goes it goes one way and it goes the other way. And it'll kind of scan that's that part of the road. It's not going to get where the body was placed because that is further down the road. But it is going to get the entryway coming from the freeway toward where the body was found so we'll get that short stretch of of road could the car have come the opposite way though that's always been my theory i've always said it came from the back i have not there's a possibility though that's what i was wondering if that was the only way they could get in past that gentry kelly thing because my theory has always been that they turned right out of the apartment and they went down the back roads they came up from the yeah, in my video, I talked about they came up from behind. They went down the road because here's the thing. And we have another message from Missy. So I want to quickly say this because I want to hear from her again. The Alexis was found on the on the. OK, so if Gentry Kelly's on the left and it's coming off the freeway, like off the big road and you're going towards Gentry Kelly, it's on the left. Alexis was found on the left side of the road. So hear me out. If you're a driver of a car, yes, you're on the left, but you know, chances are, if you have someone in your car, you are on you, they are in your passenger seat or they're in the trunk. So who's to say I didn't get out of his car, go to the trunk and then put her on the left. But for whatever reason in my head, and I don't know why this is, I always think it's more natural in my mind to pull to the right. We always pull to the right. If we're like on a road, we go, oh shit, we're going to pull to the right and get out. So I think he came from the back road or he or she or whoever, they could pull to the right and then come around the back of the car, either get the trunk open and then place her on the right of the road or go to the passenger side, place her on the right of the road. So in my mind, I don't think they came from the busy road onto that area. And I think they made a U-turn. So all they have to do is drop her there, make a U-turn and go back the back road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it would be so weird to pull over to the left side of the road. I wonder what was directly across, though. Maybe on that side, you know, there wasn't a place that he could put her. It was all open. I mean, he didn't even hide. I keep saying he. I'm so sorry. I don't know. Like, he goes (laughs) to my head for some reason. But they didn't even really care about how this was done. It was her feet were in the road. Her feet were partially in the road. She was in the fetal position, partially in the road, nude. So I have two more messages I want to go ahead and play. Keep referring to as whoever killed her as a he. We don't know if it wasn't a woman. 
Because again, all those sexy pictures, all that sexy stuff, there could be someone who was angry about their husband spending too much time looking at her pictures. Or I mean, there could be a million other ideas of what happened with that. So you got to remember, it's not, it couldn't just possibly be a he, it could have been a she. I'm so sorry. I need to like have an edit <laughs> button. because I keep saying that because I have this picture in my head of this like hooded, you know, like wearing a jacket in the rain. And I don't know why I see those eyes of a man and I shouldn't do that. It's very, that's speculation. The perpetrator, right? We should say the perpetrator. perpetrator. Let me refer to it as the perpetrator. We have another message from Missy. I'm liking these messages. One of my jokes is about how I'm not afraid to die, but I'm terrified to get murdered because I don't want anybody going through my phone or going through my house or going through my stuff. When you send text messages or when you put stuff up online, you don't think about how that's going to look from the perspective of law enforcement if someone around you turns up dead. So just just a good point. I mean, like, I, I don't think her husband is guilty. I really, I just don't think he is. You are definitely in the minority, but I have been in the minority too in the beginning because I think they were really in love. Like I've taken some video clips from their Instagram and I've kind of analyzed them, if you will. And since he was older, I think there was a disconnect between her social media and how he fit in to that picture. And I don't think that that's him being guilty. I just think that's what caused some of this drama and it caused some of this, the rifts between them, because I think she was getting, and I hate to say this, but like, quote unquote, bored, because in the beginning, she didn't have all the things that she had. And when she started getting that popularity and those friends and going out, he's an anchor, you know, it can kind of drag you down when you're really trying to live your life. And she was younger. So um, I don't know. And Missy said something else, and this is a short one. She says, hang on. Also, doesn't someone, like, beat their wife before they kill their wife? Right. Like, so how did it happen, right? So the way that I I think of this is I don't know why my mind goes here, but I always think Chris Watts. And I think, okay, what were the injuries on Shanann? Really, I mean, obviously she had been buried, so there was a little bit of a, a difference with how her body decomposed and things like that. But for the most part, when you're strangled, which is strangulation is how they found out what the cause of death was for Alexis, the markings can be more internal than they are external. So no, she wasn't beaten. But then again, you're right. If you were in a rage, would you just go over and not, you know, like not hit her with something or I don't know. I really hope it's not Tom. Statistically, you know, it says it is, but I I just hope it's not him. I really do. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, it's sad any which way you twist and turn it. It's freaking sad, you know? I, I was going to wrap it up. I was. I wanted to read one more thing I found was kind of weird. Kendra, who is one of the quote-unquote friends, and she was in money, but she was only for a brief amount of time. It seems like Alexis got her on board, and she hasn't really posted but a couple posts. So I don't think she's like an official money girl. But it was around Christmas time, and her and the other girls started to kind of have fun again and kind of put put it behind them, so to speak. They were doing some TikToks. And, you know, people are going to scrutinize. I'm just bringing this up. It's not that I'm trying to judge, but that didn't go over well. So I don't know if you remember this. Well, she caught some heat for it and she went ahead and messaged someone. Now, I don't know who she was messaging, but I have part of the conversation And she was justifying what they were doing on the TikTok, you know, having fun, being jovial. It hadn't been that long, maybe a month since Alexis had been found. Okay. What was the TikTok? I don't remember, but this is what she said. She said that stupid TikTok we made was because Alexis always wanted to make them. She was a queen 
So it was our first night together laughing and hanging out like old times. It wasn't because we aren't still mourning her. We hadn't slept or stopped thinking about this until Saturday night when we had our Christmas party. Again, I want to thank you for listening. Sometimes it's hard to stay silent when you're in the middle of something like this and people are crucifying you on social media. Oh, well, they probably just did a fun TikTok and people thought that they shouldn't be having fun. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So that was one of the things, like I said, I'm just pointing things out that I thought was interesting that we can kind of just give our little two cents on. I don't agree with everything I'm talking about. I'm just putting it out there. Okay, Missy has something to say. Those girls are too stupid to murder anybody. And especially why would they leave her naked and like curled up? I, I don't think the girls had anything to do with it. Now, she could have had someone who found her through her girlfriends that killed her. But I mean, everything, in my opinion, points to serial killer. What we need to do is we need to find out if there's any other people that aren't famous that ended up in the same way um, anywhere else in the United States, at any other period in the United States. Because sometimes serial killers aren't active for years and years and years. So we need to find out if there's any other markers for other people that were killed uh, that ended up in the same position that she was, in, not even in the same area, just in the same like type of body dumping. And yeah, it is a dumping. So you can say that. It's fine. Remember, Kimber, oh. that, that article I sent you not that long ago? Yes. I was just going to say, there's been like three other women left the same way, like in same Houston, way. like in the in the same area, on a road that looks exactly the same, but it's not the same road. But like, this is, and it's so weird that nobody says, hey, what's going on here? Girls ended up on the side of the road naked or, you know, just just left there. And I mean, I, like in my mind, I'm like, there's got to be a connection, these random killings and no one's talking about it. Well, I think they don't like to freak the public out until they know for sure, for sure that there's a serial killer because people go mad. and. I've seen it on shows before where they try to keep it on the down low until they actually have all the evidence that it's one person and then they'll inform the public because it, it causes so much hysteria if there's a serial killer. But yeah, that that, there's been a couple where, and they were naked as well. And they were on roads that looked, ex I'm not even exaggerating. They looked, they were on roads that looked like the same road. I have one of the articles and looking at it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I keep confusing that for an article about Alexis, because they look so similar. Yeah, Missy, you'll have to look it up. It was in Houston, right? I'm not an investigator, I'm not a serial killer, I'm not somebody that goes around looking for people and have experience with that, but it really didn't take me long to look at her photos and be like, oh, that's the apartment complex she lives in. Oh, look, her husband hasn't been home. He's only been home for 18 days. Oh, look, I can just walk right in. Oh, the cameras just don't work. Yeah, it's so easy. If you want to find someone, you can find them. Yeah. And I almost started thinking it could be someone who lived in that apartment complex. There were over 300. There's over 300 units. You know, I've thought that, I've thought that a lot, too, especially if the story that she did run out mad at Tom. You don't we don't know who she knew in those apartments. If she ran to some guy she knew and was like, hey, can you help me? You know, I need to get away from Tom. And then he did it. There's so many possibilities. There are. So I was going to wrap it up. Um, next time we will, I have a, one more episode about Alexis, unless anything is breaking in the news. But the next episode, I just kind of wanted to go into some of the other little tidbits. Like we wrote down a lot of interesting little bullet points that don't really go into a full episode where we go into a story. So I thought that would be good to close out since those are little details that people can kind of keep as notes in their head. And that's going to be our next episode, which will be maybe even this weekend, maybe even the beginning of the week. I have a whole list of 
the red flags of Tom's guilt. So I really want to go over all those next time. That'll be cool. Oh, right. Because we're doing like the good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah. So they'll also go into a little bit of the red flags. And then, hey, Missy, if you want to come back on, maybe you can give your insight on possibly why, why it's not Tom and rebut some of those. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Thank you guys so very much for listening. We will see you next week or sometime soon with our last episode for now in the Alexis Sharkey case. Thanks for listening.